Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. The season reviews do not stop Alex Miller. And today, the St Kilda Football Club. There's a lot to say about these boys. Yeah, well, they shall not. They will not stop those season reviews. We love them. But yes, the Saints today. Lots to talk about. Lots of players in. Um, that we thought we were going to have big years and just didn't kick on. There were some players who just, you know, didn't make it. So what's, what's, what's going to happen with this team? <laughs> Alex Doherty, I think we all had quite high hopes for the Saints this year. Well, I know you don't ever take much joy out of seeing them do well, <laughs> but I think we all predicted them to, at the very least, be making finals, and that oh. certainly didn't happen. Well, that well, that's it, Cat. I mean, you know, I can talk about how why I don't like the Saints, you know, till I'm blue in the face. But we're here to talk about what's wrong with them. And, <laughs> well, we're also and, here to talk and, about what's right with them. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Well, if we can find anything, but <laughs> but I, I think we all we all expect we all saw what what year they produced last year in in a COVID interrupted season. I thought they were, thought they were very good in the way they played, the way they sort of ran the footy and. Defensively, I thought they were pretty good too last year. Um, by, by reckoning, made the semi-finals, and then you know here we are, ten wins from twenty-two games, and quite a few really, really bad losses, particularly early in the year. Yeah, absolutely. We'll start with the good though, of course, as we always do, boys. Um, and I would like to kick it off with saying that these young forwards at the Saints, the of the tall variety in particular, uh, are probably one of my ultimate good out of the year. We yep. saw young Cooper Sharman make his debut, and I've been high on this kid since he came onto the scene. Ten goals in five games. Outstanding effort by him. And Max King as well, Miller. Um, second full season at AFL level. He's kicked 38 goals across 20 games. We know he had that bit of a patch of poor form to start the year off. His accuracy was a bit off. Couldn't quite get himself into games. But once he exploded about middle of the way through the year, he looked unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, 100% can. And I think that, you know... These two King Boys, we talked about them week after week because we love them both uh, almost equally. I think I'll bend just in front of Max at the, at the moment. <laughs> Don't mention it to Maxie. But obviously, you know, Max is 21. You know, he's got a lot of footy ahead of him and he, he showed lots of great signs this year. His, his marking went up, which is really good as well. And obviously his goals uh, was a massive jump, 22 to 38 is outstanding. So, look, he's definitely a pillar. And, and Cooper Sharman, who, who you mentioned, Kat, I mean, you know, this guy is an interesting operator as well. You know, sort of a third tall, really almost like a team member without tattoos. They, they play the same sort of, you know, size, position, role. And it's uh, it's quite interesting to see them both operate down there. But Sharman was really good, I thought. And I think that he's definitely going to just add something year after year if he gets more going. I think on that, Doc, the, their mid-season draft in general, we saw young boy from, we know you love your Sandy Dragons, and young Max Heath, another one that's made his way to the Saints. He obviously had to finish up school, so he wouldn't be playing any games this year. But <laughs> from all accounts, uh, he's been training fantastically. He's going to be another great addition to that ruck group that they have that has looked patchy at times, and they seemed a bit reliant on, which I think we'll get to in the bad. But... Um, I think that mid-season draft is definitely a highlight of the year, given the talent they brought in with basically picks that are free. Yeah, well, I think we I think we've touched on it already. Some of the kids that have come through, and even and even still, it doesn't just stem back from the mid-season draft, but some of the other some of the other kids that you know played played towards the back end of the year when it was more of a lost cause than anything else. But mm. um, I really liked how Jack Bytel has come along. This year he played the uh, played the thirteen games. Didn't average many touches, but I thought the way he sort of applied himself towards uh, the contest at times was 
was very impressive. Mm. Um, Leo, Leo Connolly, Miller, you and I were talking mm. about him just off air before. Yeah. Um, um, we, we I watched a couple of couple of his games towards the end of the year, and I just loved how he took the game on at every opportunity he got. I can I can I can see him nailing down a spot at halfback um, next year and beyond. Yep. Um, and, and and as well, uh, I, I think guys, I, I don't understand why Tom Heimel was dropped so often this year, but I thought the games that he played, I thought he was I thought he was tremendous across halfback. Yeah, I would see him get dropped down to VFL level doc, and he would play like he was one of the best defenders out there. And you know, I don't know why. We'll get to it in the negative, but we did have a bit of criticism of Brett Ratton's team selection across the year. Uh, but absolutely, Tom Heimel had a fantastic year. Ryan Burns played the 16 games yeah, too, Burns, which is really good. good, good yeah, that was, that was the other one as well. Uh, I thought he played really well, uh, Ryan Burns. Only, yeah. only 20 as well, boys, this young man. So really good, and he kicked the six goals as well. I thought uh, as well, you talk about good things as well, Kat. I think what they did in the offseason in terms of getting you know players that they thought maybe weren't going to completely change this team and make them better and world beaters, but played their role. I thought Mason Wood was actually quite good in the games he played, seven goals in nine games. And, uh, you know, I think that he actually played really well in the in the games he played. It's going to be tough down there now where it was Sharman and King and Memory to find a spot. But he almost played like a crummer, Doc, which was interesting. He changed his style a bit and I thought he was effective in the games he played. Yeah, that, that, that's a really interesting point you bring up because, yeah, I, I thought, I thought yeah, for, for what it was worth from the games I've watched this year, I thought Wood... Wood was service wasn't great, but he wasn't but he wasn't awful either. There was yeah. quite a few quite a few that were worse off. But um yeah, I, I look it will be interesting to see whether or not he can sort of find a spot in this team next year. I can only m- probably see him more as a depth option at this point. If if you're going to persist with um Maxi um Cooper Sharman and, and Tim Membry, I thought I thought Membry I thought Membry had another critically underrated year personally. Yep. I thought um not easy to see why Cooper Gretsch loves him so much. <laughs> um, but I I, I think. You, you look at some some of these players. Daniel McKenzie was another one. I thought I was I was quite intrigued by um, this year. He only played the twelve games, but I thought I thought he I thought he found a, found a little role there um, across halfback and along the wing. There are a few guys that probably have been more depth options before for the Saints, but really proved that they can be players that want to be in the mm. side long term. Jack Sinclair talk a bit more about him and most improved. Jimmy Webster as well. Those yeah, two guys Jimmy. I think have been in and out of the team probably half their careers and they've managed to actually lock down a spot which is fantastic for them it almost came out of a, a case of necessity at times much like Frio St. Kilda mm. were rocked by injury pretty much all year round but you know I love Jimmy Webster Kat, so yes. I was very happy that he got a good run of it and that was probably as well part you talked about the injuries just then Ben Ben Payton always missed it missed all the didn't play any games this year I cannot um, wait to see this kid get back on the path next season I rated so, him incredibly highly yeah. in 2020 I yeah, he had, a re- he had a really good year, didn't he? Very, very good season. So it'll be very good to get him out there. And look, obviously, when you talk about the good, you've got to talk about, you know, Captain Fantastic, Jack Steele. Oh, yes. like, what, what a season this guy had, boys. And oh, it's just. Real man's man. Yeah. Back to back. Back to back Trevor Barkers. Yep. Back to back Trevor Barkers. And, you know, 29 touches a game went from 22 on his career average. So up plus seven. Uh, he's rated for a late in the competition for handballs, tackles 8.5, which is actually 1.5 more than his career average. So he said, you know what? I'm already probably the best tackler in the game, but I want more. So he said, yep. And and that's really what he's improved. And the biggest thing, career high in goals, uh, Doc, we, we talked about this when we did our Brownlow preview, and this is what he's doing really well to add to his game. 13 goals, 8, which is very good uh, for Captain Fantastic. And he had a very strong year again. Yeah, you've you've absolutely nailed it, Miller. I, I think 
the the biggest the biggest thing that stand out that stood out to me was um his his goal kicking powers. I mean, particularly earlier in the year, I thought he was I thought he was very impressive um around mm. the big sticks, and I think towards I think he was played more um in the middle as the season progressed, basically because they sort of didn't really have many other options to go to. I mean, Luke Dunstan was trying to shoulder most of the load, but now he's yep. not even there anymore. Uh, ha- rat, rat, rats hates him. He hates um, him. A goal every other game for a midfielder that's basically always in and under um, yeah, doing the contested right stuff yep. is very, very impressive. But I couldn't be happier with the year Absolutely. he had as a captain still. I don't know how you couldn't be inspired to, to play your hardest when you've got a bloke like him doing everything yeah. that he does every single week. Um, so I'd say that's even one of the positives of the Saints here is just the way this guy's come along in terms of his captaincy, his leadership, um, and just leading from the front every single what, what, week. I like. What that. about what about what about um best win, boys? What do you, what do you, what do you? I think I think for me that? it's got to be that win over the Lions, Doc, late in the year when the Saints were probably struggling to put a bit of form together and couldn't find much in terms of wins, but they managed to upset Brisbane at home uh, by thirty-two points, which was a fantastic day for them I thought Jack Steele had a fantastic game in that one kicked a couple of snags 32 touches if you don't mind this is when Dunstan had just come into the team as well for those really consistent games all the guys who copped a lot of flack throughout the year like uh, Crouch and Brad Hill really stood up so I think for me that's probably one of the games I'd look at as their best yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I'd also say um, either the win against Richmond in round 15 was really good keeping us to two goals 10 and uh, making me rip my hair out. But also, uh, towards the back end of the year, uh, boys, the game against St Kilda. Uh, sorry, against Sydney, uh, where they beat playing, them. Playing themselves, eh? Playing themselves, inter-squad inter- game. Round 21. They, they they'd probably up, still lose that. <laughs> they got up by 29 points over the Saint, uh, Swans, and that was really good. And I uh, remember, I think Higgins kicked four that game with Tom O'Han. He's another guy that had a really good impact coming into the team, boys. I thought... Uh, you know, he wanted more midfield time. He played much more higher half forward and career highs, 27 goals from 19 games for Higgins and also averaged 15 touches a game. So I thought he was very good. Yeah, I, I would just like to say the um, the Richmond win was really good because considering the fact that they lost to them by 86 points at the start of the yes. year, <laughs> the, the fact that they turned it, they turned it around so amazingly, mm. you know, in... You know, in in trying conditions was was superb, and I also want to give a special shout out to the game that I I was actually there at. It was probably may have been one of the last games I was I was at before um the season shut down here in Melbourne was um was the game against Hawthorne. Um, I thought from start to end, I thought it was one of the most complete performances I've seen. And you know, we can talk we can talk mm. about how bad Hawthorne were, but <laughs> I think the, the the way I saw St Kilda run and move the footy that day, it yeah. was it was almost picturesque from their twenty twenty year. Mm. Yeah, I like that. No, absolutely. In terms of the bad though, boys, there's a lot to crack into. I think I want to hear. <laughs> Where do we start? I want to hear, Doc. You've said you've got a lot of stats lined up here that are very. Uh, <laughs> let's just say grim for the Saints <laughs> out of this season it doesn't paint a good picture of how they were i honestly don't know where to start here cat um so I'll, let's start let's start with um we've we've said on the podcast for so for so long you know the saints pride themselves on contested footy um 11th in the comp for contested possessions and that's in a year that they brought brad crouch in mm. um which and, and and i think for me that it's just not good enough for mine. Um, I look at I look at the top end here, Doc, and Jack Steele, three hundred and five contested possessions a game, so he's averaging about is that fifteen odd or something ridiculous. Brad Crouch averaging yep. just a shade over ten contested possessions a game, and then it just drops off from there. Uh, yep. No one else really is making a solid contribution. No. 
Like the, the fact the, that Luke Dunstan, who played 12 games, is in their top five for contested <laughs> possessions in the year, uh, I think that should tell you all you need to know. Yeah. Yes, well, and, and, and considering who, who's third in contested possession, third contested possession was a, a guy who plays off half-back. Yeah. So, yep. uh, uh, well, uh, that's not uh, – obviously, it's not good enough. Ross, I think, had a really poor year, and I'm not sure how he still got a, ga- still got a game towards the end of the year, I no, think. I, I, I would have I shoved him out the door first ahead of, um, ahead of Dunstan, hmm. um, personally. Um, and also, also, boys, 17th in the comp for centre clearances. Now mm. – Game, especially especially during the crunch moments, games are won and lost in center bounces. Yep. And if, if Steele's not if Steele's not getting the clearances, who who is? You know. And and Brad Crouch maybe to a lesser extent, but I wasn't. I remember I wasn't particularly fond of how he played at the start of the year. I thought he played well towards the um the back end. Mm. But you know that start the start of the year for mine was probably one of the some of the worst some of the worst pieces of football I've I've seen from this team. And 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 look probably probably since Scott Waters. <laughs> Jeez, that is that is very dire. No, the, the way they started off the year, they had some absolutely... I don't even know how to describe it other than disgusting results. Um, I loved the game that we played against them. We absolutely tailed them up on the Easter weekend, but uh, the St. Kilda of last season would have never, ever come even close mm. to that kind of result. You, you, you think you loved your game. I, I loved our game. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one. But um, yeah, just some of those results early season, the smashing at the hands of the Tigers, they looked completely toothless against Port, didn't even ever really get started in that one. You know, when you're yep. putting up scores like that, 39, 48, 68 in three weeks in a row and just getting thumped by nearly 100 points a couple of times, um, it spoke very, very grimly of a team that should have been contesting right for finals from the start of the year. I, that, that, that game, that game against the Bulldogs, and I'm not saying this because I, I, I absolutely had the game on repeat um, last night, but that was just some of the most pathetic pieces of it was just pathetic football. Some of the most pathetic yeah. I've seen from St Kilda. They they just looked at at no point in that game did they look like they were actually willing to have a crack at the contest. And, and that's they, that's the thing there, Doc. I think the contest possession numbers. I'm just looking at the stats here, boys, on on the great AFL app on my phone, which is terrible. Uh, and that's that's the thing that stands out, as you both mentioned, is just the numbers are just so damningly low. And Crouch has brought in Cat to, to help that. And he had a good year, but he needs more help himself. It can't just be... It reminds me, boys, actually, now I think about it, just off the top of my head. The St Kilda midfield is very similar to the Carlton midfield in terms of... Cripps and, and Walsh, and then you got Crouch and Steele, and, that, and that's it. And then they're trying to find the right blend mm-hmm. to go along with those players. And I think that's what – I think uh, – hopefully, boys, I think Hunter Clark, I want to see him more in the middle again next year. I thought he was good when he – no, they played the 13 games this year, but played more um, explosive from the stoppages yeah. this year. So it was very good to see. Uh- I, I just I just want to say something as well before you you go in there, Cat. I, I think some some of the some of the players that actually played really well last year they they had such a it, it's part of the next problem mm. you know it's it, it's it's their form guy you know Nick Caulfield was a bloke that we all talked about highly last year I thought thought he was fantastic mm. in terms of his in terms of his intercept possessions his rebound off halfback he he was nowhere to be found and when he was when he was playing he just didn't look like he was having any impact at all and he kept getting dropped. He kept getting dropped, and you know another one of our favourites as well, Josh Badalay, only played the um, the sixteen <laughs> games, but had minimal Im- had minimal impact. Mm. Jay Gresham as well, Cat. I know we're pretty hard on him, me and you. He was a big blow. They missed him obviously yeah. this year again. 
For sure. I think they missed they missed that bit of class that he provides both yeah, up forward absolutely. and in the middle, and you could definitely see that. Um, but I think we talk about Crouch and Hill and a lot of these other bigger names, and one of the, the worst parts I thought of the season was at times Brett Ratton's team selection. Uh, we saw the same group of three or four guys that were getting dropped and rotated through every week if something went wrong. It wasn't Crouch or Hill early in the year when they were down on form and he seemed to be very, very opposed to any idea of dropping them. It was, you know, the likes of, as we talked about, Tom Highmore who was making way or, you know, there were always Coffee. those guys, Caulfield, Vitale, um, when, you know, they would have done so much better from a bit more consistency in the team as opposed to, you know, being in and out every week. And instead, you're choosing to protect these big money, big name recruits and keep them in the side uh, ahead of guys who've been performing better than them week to week. And So why is that, Cat? is the question I'd ask you. So, because because Ratton hasn't, he didn't do that at Carlton. He was very, mm. I thought he was really strong at Carlton with his selections and he was very good at sending messages. Do you think it's in terms of maybe he's tried to change his style not to do that? Or I don't know. I think it was almost a bit of a bit of like sunk cost fallacy kind of thing where, yeah, you know, they, they wanted to, at the start of the year, they were obviously aiming to be back in finals contention again. And like I said, we all thought they were going to be right up there again. Um, and, you know, six or seven weeks in, you're probably thinking, you know, are these guys going to pick up and find a bit of patch of form or should I drop them and try and send them a message? And I guess you probably don't want to risk at that point then losing those matches, knocking yourself out completely of finals contention. And I think it was more of a balance of the fact that Rats probably thought at any given time they would turn it around, but they never really did, Um, which was unfortunate because they did have a couple of wins, like we said, where they were really, really good this year. But those big losses, especially against teams that they should have been beating and would have been competing with really strongly last year, they could not find at all. And a lot of it stemmed from a, a strong over-reliance on the Ruck duo. We saw when Rowan Marshall and Paddy Ryder weren't in that group together that the team suffered highly for it. I don't know how a couple of players can be so crucial to your game plan that it all falls apart yeah. and you're losing by nearly 100-odd points without them. Yeah, yeah I, I think you, we talked we talk about you know players getting exposed. I think... Um, team sort of exposed St Kilda's defensive line a lot this year as well. I think um, twelfth, uh, ninth in the comp for um, point, conceding the most points. Um, you know, we, we all we all know Dougal Howard had a really good year, and I and I I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that. But I think players like Wilkie got exposed a little bit more. Not not through any, I don't think through any fault of his own, but I think it was more through design designed by opposite coaches. Yeah. Um, I, I think, and and other guy and other guys in there as well. Uh, I think they just sort of they they just leaked goals too too often. And I thought there's the the workload that especially Dougal had all throughout the year. I thought was too much. Yeah, I, I like that there, Doc, as well. They leaked goals. I felt like when the opposition kicked one or two, it wasn't just one or two. It turned mm-hmm. into four or five or six. And once the other team got a run on, it was hard for them to stem the flow. And Jaron Geary, obviously being our boys, is a massive blow because when I when I looked down there. As well, boys, I don't see a lockdown defender in terms of a, of a small, and that's a necessity almost now for most teams. Obviously, I thought, like you said, Doc, I thought Howard actually played well. He had the battle at times because he was shouldering so much of the load, but I still think um, easily a all showing 40 caliber season from Dougal. Every these last couple of seasons have been outstanding, but I don't know. I just you have to question as well some of the you know. Other things as well, boys. Like, you know, Hannah now, he's played 15 games in three seasons there. He's 30. 
what what happens with him? Do you see Doc? I I just also want to go back on Cat's point just before we go forward. Um, I think what I, I could understand what Rat's trying to do, trying to you know back Hill in to rebound and perform, but you need you need to make a stand sometimes. I think it's you like. I don't know. I can't even. I can't even believe he managed to get twenty-two games this season. I was gonna say, didn't even get dropped once. I did not. Did not get dropped. Didn't. Didn't get injured. Um, But I think there are game. There were certainly games where I was calling him for be dropped, and he should have been dropped. And Hmm. I think in 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 most in most other clubs he would have been dropped. Um, Now, uh, now, now, what were you saying before? Well, just about Henry boys. (laughs) I think. Uh, you can both speak yeah, right. to it. I, I, just 15 games in three years. Obviously, he's had the injury troubles. It's not entirely his fault. But I'm not blaming yeah. or anything. But he's 30. So I'm just yeah. sort of thinking, where, where's he going? Yeah, I, I, I think I think St Kilda, when they, when, they, when they traded for him, I think this was end of 2018. Yeah, or 2018. End of, end of 2018. So yeah, they had a really bad year. And I mm. thought... And I think St Kilda were trying to look at making, you know, making that sort of risky move to get him, um, because we all know that Hanbury's best football was absolutely elite. But I, and I think no one's going to dispute the fact no. that 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 his prime's gone now. But I, I think now is more where do you like? Is is about what you said about trying to find a fit for him. You know, I don't, I, I don't like him on the wing anymore. I think his leg, his, his lower legs are cooked. What about half back? Uh, not not a bad call. I don't mind half back because he he can sort of. He's he a very good of, decision maker. Yeah, I, I, he could sort of control the play and control mm. the ball movement off by mm. off, off by foot off the half back line, and he was very good at that at Sydney as well. I think we even called for it a little bit um, throughout the year, but yeah, I think we see it with some of the older players as they they do get a bit uh, cracking on and their body starts letting down a little bit. They do move further down the ground, yeah. so. I could see it, um, but yeah, it's almost with Hanover. It's like, how much longer do you persist with the guy? That's what I'm when, saying, Cat. Yeah. Like you've got, we talked about the, the amount of inside mitts they've got, and I literally, I remember when we did our season review last year, I said the same thing. The Saints have got so many of the same players, the likes of Steele, Ross, mm. uh, Hanabry, uh, Jones, and then they added Brad Crash, obviously, and they also they're all inside mids. They so. always have lacked that bit of outside class, and they still do. They've got a lot of bash and crash mids and not a lot of guys who are actually delivering it. And like you said before, Miller, that's why they missed Gresham so much this year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when Billings is a bit down on form as well, that's two guys that are actually getting things done on the outside that are just not adding that to the game plan. And, and that's, oh, I was just going to say quickly, Doc, on Billings Aircat, I just think that he started the year well and then just vanished a bit. And, mm. it's, a, and it's a shame because I thought he was going to shoot together a really strong year. And look, he's a great player. There's no talent, no, no question that Jack Billings is a talented player. But it's the cliche. If you look around those players in the draft that went around him, uh, they are all gone on to do great things. But that's not a knock on Jack. It just need, He can lift his consistency. He can do better. He knows he can. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and I think there's an interesting sort of you know stat comparison here is you know St Kilda was seventh in the comp for disposal, seventh in the comp for uncontested possession, so they had no problems in sort of finding the ball in yeah. space. But their disposal efficiency, they were fourteenth in the comp. Yeah, so yeah, and, that doesn't shock me at all. Just... Yeah, and, and and look, they just need to find you know players that can distribute the ball, and I think that and I think that's where you, where you get your point. You know, Gresham was sorely missed, and we all love him here. He's a very he's a very handy user of the ball, it, but yeah. Apart from that, you just you just in, in on every line you find players that just sort of 
kick the ball without thought, or maybe they're under pressure and they just hack the ball forward. Well, and... there, there you go on that. I just want to say there, Doc. I mean, like, have they put all their eggs in the Brad Hill basket? And, <laughs> you know, well, have they? And they thought he was going to be on the wing, and now he's been luckily struggling as a halfback operator. So now they've blown, well, maybe not blown, but the salary there was, what, 850k a year? Yeah, well, they, well, they did. You know, we we, we were we were in the studios, you know, two years ago, and we we were talking about you know how Brad Hill was worth all this. You know, he was worth a first round, a second round, third round, a fringe player, and maybe another four picks because Peter Peter Bell wanted um wanted wanted the cash cow as well. <laughs> it, it, it 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 to me. It, it, They've they've just invested so heavily in players from other clubs, and I mean, they did that so well. You know, 10 to, 15, 10 to twelve years ago, when Ross Lyon was coaching, they brought in players like like Zach Dawson, and Farrow Ray. They weren't household names, but they did their job. Well, it's interesting um, when you look at a team like Melbourne this year, who you know, sixteen out of twenty two out of the players, or fifteen or something like that, were all drafted to the club, and they just filled in the gaps as opposed to trying to build a team around uh, yeah. players from elsewhere. So. I don't know, there's a case to be made whether that's a better strategy or not, but we will see with premierships in years to come, I think. Um, let's move on sure. to the most improved boys, get a bit of positivity back into the Saints this year. Um, I want to start off and say that there's only one man that I could think of, and he, I believe, finished second place in the best and fairest, and that is Jack Sinclair this year. You'd be correct, Cap. Found an absolute solid patch of form. I think he's really consolidated his role in the team, not just as an outside player that can play on a halfback or on a wing or something like that, but he can move inside and can make an impression across the ground. Uh, I thought just it, it's obviously his best year in a very, very long time. Yep. Played 21 games. It surprised me actually to see that he'd already reached 100 games this year, um, Sinclair. You know, he's, he's 26, but I thought he'd been more of a player that was in and out at times throughout his career, but he's actually played a decent patch of games at the Saints um, but all in all, amazing year from him. I, I wouldn't be wouldn't be hard pressed to call him the most improved. If anything, uh, the only thing that I think went down just slightly on previous years was his tackling was a little bit down, so his pressure game. But I think the way that he worked on the outside to make up for that really made up for it. So yeah, like he's that. my most improved yeah. by by and large. Yeah, I I just want to add on to that because I think I think I, I would almost agree that I think the consensus between us three blokes is that Jack Sinclair is the most improved at St Kilda. Yep. The thing is though, you know, when when you know Richardson brought him in at the start of twenty fifteen, you know, I sort of looked looked at a couple of his games and I thought, you know, what, what what does he actually bring? You know, he doesn't sort of he doesn't sort of jump out of the page of you as a sort of player that makes an impact. But you know, when you when you read when you read some of the some of the stats he put he puts in here and. You know, the, the, the couple of things that stand out is, A, how hard he works to, A, get the footy and then, B, try to get the footy back off the opposition. Mm. And then, two, is his consistency. You know, he's, um, I, I think he's, look, I'll, I'll consign to the fact that he's not he's not going to be an elite, mm. but I think he's going to be, a, I think he's a very, a very strong and capable role player um, for, for the, um for the Saints going forward and, and look, I, I thought his second place in 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 the Trevor Barker Award was was justified because I thought, you know, he, he he was probably one of only a few Saints who was just consistent all year. Hmm. And and look, and I'll get get your take on it as well, Miller. But I also just want to highlight um, Ben Long's game. You know, mid mid year, I sort of mid year I rubbished him and I sort of wanted him out because him playing as that sort of defensive defensive half operator. It, it wasn't working. He was getting himself in trouble with the tribunal a lot, and missed a lot, of, missed a few games through, through suspension as well. But 
uh, Rats moved him forward towards the end of the year, and I thought I, I I was left feeling pretty positive about his game because you know how he plays is how exactly a, a small forward should play. Yeah, it should it should be full on manic pressure, and this bloke brings it in spades. It was it was what he was good at when he was at Footscray five years ago, mm. I, and I, and I saw it firsthand. So I don't know I don't know how long this, I don't know why it's taken five years for the Saints to sort of you know, come to that realisation that his best football is as a, is a small pressure forward. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing there. I think that sort of came down to a lot of things where when those guys were chopped out of the side, they had to bring in other options and they finally got their opportunities and whatnot, which is good. <clears throat> I think it's, for most improved, it's a very, very tough one. I thought um, I thought Hunter Clark, as I said, boys, is uh, I thought he had a very good year. I'm pretty keen on the bumper. Um, I thought he was he was very good, and I think that, like I said, if he gets more inside inside or outside minutes for next year, be really good instead of backline operations. So that'd be good. Uh, I also thought that I think the emergence as well of not just I think Tim Membry in terms of his stats, but his leadership I thought would be what I'd say is what really improved for mine, boys. So I really like that he stepped up and was very vocal to Max King about what he, you know, expected of him and what he needed to do to improve his game. and Probably taking um, a bit more of a selfless role within yeah. the, the forward line, Miller. We saw him push up a lot during the year as well. He's got a really good tank uh, memory and his disposals are the highest he's ever been. Um, and I think maybe even his marks as well. Yeah, disposals yeah. and marks, both career highs. Tim Membry, Cat, will do anything to let your team win. He did it at his brief time at Sydney. He knew he was never going to be the man with Buddy and even Sam Reid for somehow was playing elite football by then. And um, <laughs> He knew that he was the third string guy and he just did what he did to make the teams win and that's why the Saints went after him because he's a selfless player and I knew he had the talent and he, he sure does. And uh, you got to give credit to him and his work. So I'd say definitely those two for my most improved. Yeah, good call. Also... Just just one more quickly, boys. I, I want to just give a special shout-out as well to Jack Higgins for a, a very good year. You know, obviously, I think this. I think 19 games were the most he's played since um, his first year at Richmond um, a few years ago. But the fact that he was able to hit, hit the scoreboard so consistently, only in, in his 19 games he hit the scoreboard 16 times, mm. and including that was two bags of four and a, and a couple of ba- – and, and a bag of three as well. And as well, we talk about the um that that game against Sydney where he kicked one goal six. You know, you know, we, we everyone was quick to jump on about how much how how many goals he missed, but the fact that he's had seven scoring opportunities means that he he has no trouble, yeah. you know, find finding those opportunities. Uh, you know, in in a couple of years, he's only twenty two. So in a couple of years, we can we can see Jack Higgins down the line potentially kicking five six goals a game. And and everyone and everyone here will be thinking, hey, those A three boys were onto something. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that they think that out of every time they listen to us speak, Doc. We're full yeah, of insights. Well, yeah, well, you know, this is why this is why people should be tuning into us because we um because <laughs> we're we genius. More, yeah, we, we we offer we offer more insight in, in our in our thinking than somebody like Cooper Gretsch does in his entire body. <laughs> Let's talk most or not most improved. Sorry, MVP boys. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty uh, consensus opinion here. Jay Steele, uh, three votes. Yeah, look, it's it's not not going to be anybody other than Jack Steele, is it? No, nah, he's he, a phenomenal year. Like we said before, not only as a captain, as a leader, as a midfielder, as a contested ball winner, mm. uh, he's the shining light for the Saints every single week. The fans love him. Uh, I think opposition fans love him. I don't think there's much you can you can dislike about the way Jack Steele goes about his footy, and he's easily our MVP for the Saints of 2021. 
unless there are any objections to that. Uh, Look, I I don't think we can find any objections. I mean, he he, he was what? He was nearly 80 votes clear of uh, Sinclair for second place. Um, And and, and nearly 100 points clear of memory for third. So... I, th- I think we've I think we've almost covered every one of those players in depth. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, righto. All right, well, let's move on to what do the Saints need, boys, for twenty twenty two. There's as we said at the start, it's a bloody ticker. So, <laughs> well, I think uh, it comes down a lot at the moment, Miller, to players just playing harder footy and tougher mm. footy from start to finish. Uh, they've got the, the talent inside. They've got these guys coming back on the outside that should be making the midfield a stronger unit. Um, realistically, if they just all are starting to play together as one team, they should be pushing for finals again next year, I would hope. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, Kat, is they need to regroup this offseason. They need to discuss about what's required for them to make the eight. They've been there before, 12 months ago, they, they did it. Um, and they were very impressive in that little mini finals run that they got their chance to take part in. I think that the biggest thing is what they need is... Oh, Look, they they didn't, weren't busy in the off season, as we know. The draft's coming up, but Dunstan out. They didn't bring anyone really in to replace them. Him, sorry. Um, so well, they've got, yeah, well, they've got they've got one in from um, over from North, big Tommy Campbell. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, hardly right. hardly going to be the uh, staple of a uh, putting that team in the eight. Uh, you would say, Cat. <laughs> so, look, I, I just think they need a regroup, and they've got good young talent. I think if Burns kicks on again, Highmore gets more games. Carlo obviously retiring will give more opportunities for that. Um, as we talked about Heath as well, interesting if he's going to get some blend with Ryder kicking on a bit as well, boys. And you know the, the forward line set. I think um, it's really good that you got those keys, key forwards in. You know, King, bloody memory, and you've got Cooper. Um, so look, I think they're in a great spot where they've actually got some good lines. I think I wouldn't mind be... maybe coming to the forward line, Doc, maybe like a medium type who can play a bit smaller. I think in terms of small, like true smalls, Butler and Higgins and obviously Gresham coming back in, Billings, Billings can play that role. Um, but maybe a medium type uh, I think would do them well up forward. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. I mean, that, that, that first pick they've got is pick nine. It'll probably b- bump down to pick 11 after the father-sons have been have been chosen. But it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a really telling pick for them um, for, uh, going forward. And, you know, we talked about their their deficiencies. You know, they're, they're a very poor disposal team. They're, um, and, they're, and their contested skills were pretty, um, were pretty subpar as well. So, look. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about their, their draft options. I mean, there are a couple of few a few players that, that they can look after if they feel like if they feel, if they feel like they could use a contested another contested player. Then I would, if if Ben Hobbs would be available at them at pick eleven, I think that would be a, a great a great one for them. But I'm not sure if that's if if um they're I'm, I'm sure I'm not sure if they need another one. I think they're pretty set with um the players that they've got in the team at the moment. Um. Disposal efficiency. Um, Wanganin Malera would be a very good option. Mm. Um, pre- pretty high, maybe, considering that he's purely an outside player. But I think what he does, he's so poised and he's so skillful with the ball in his hand. I mean, yeah. a, a, a side like St Kilda would be nuts to, to try and pass him up. And another, another thing that I sort of wrote down here was their um, defensive stuff. You know, 11th in the comp for intercept possessions, 10th for one percenters. I don't know. The... the, the um, I don't, there's, not, there's there's a lack of there's a lack of tall options 
mm. particularly in the, in the defensive half. And I don't think Van Ruyen or um, Rhett Bazo would be um, will be likely to get towards that that early end of the of the first round. So, but that's something for me to that's something to consider for mine. Um, I'm not sure what you boys would reckon, Miller. Oh, I think so. I think that I don't know. The biggest thing that, that stands out is just. Um... Like I said, again, the midfield blend, right? I think that, that what it, what that's where it's going to gel for me, boys, because we've just talked about the lines there, the forward and the backs, they're nice, and they got good rucks. So I just think, again, the mid, midfield blend will be mm. what's required for 2022, Cap. Yeah, another player with a bit of class on the outside, I wouldn't mind, that medium forward type, as I said. But I think they've got the list there. It's just actually getting them to <laughs> work together as a team and be consistent in what they do and actually have Rats drop the right players when he needs to at the right time, I think, come 2022. So, look, I'll have them pushing for finals again next year. If not towards the top four, I don't think they'll be reaching that point. But at least around that sixth to eighth mark, I think they should be aiming for come next season. Let's give them a final rating out of 10, boys. Uh, right over to you, Doc. Who, what are you going to give them out of 10 for this season? Um, look, very interesting. The very, very poor start to the year. Um, back end was better. Uh, I'm inclined to give him a four. Lucky to, lucky to avoid the three, but I think Jack Steele's year just sort of just gives him that automatic one point. Um, now look, the good, there were, there were plenty of positives in amongst the young kids, but I was very disappointed with a lot of their, um, a lot of their senior heads. And one man that's actually managed to escape, all our skating criticism until now was Dan Butler. Oh no! Yes. Wow. Um, now, if that if that's not the definition of a downhill skier, then I, I will eat my eat my boots. Um, <laughs> he he was ab- he was absolutely dreadful uh, this year after such a promising twenty twenty. And yeah, I th- I think I think there's I probably didn't need to make that many moves in the trade period to be honest, Cat. I mm. think they've got a real. I think they've got the 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 genesis of their base sorted. Yeah. They just need. They just need to get their. Um. They just need to make sure they have a, a healthy run preseason because I think that was a big problem uh, this year, and just make sure that, yeah, what you said. You know, ra- I think a lot of people don't. You know, a lot of people outside of St Kilda in particular probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have cared too much about Rats's um selection strategies. But I th- I, th- I thought like like you, I, th- I was completely baffled with quite a few of their decisions this year. And mm. if 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 he can find that perfect balance right, and there's no doubt that St Kilda are a top eight team. Mm. I expect them. To, I expect them to contend again next year, and with any with, with any luck, they should be you know in that fifth to sixth region for mine. Yeah, yep. I might say a four as well. I think a lot of the game plan was exposed throughout the year. I think they showed they were reliant on a few key players. As we said, the deficiencies across contested balls well were really obvious. Um, but overall, I think given the fact that there were so many injuries to the squad, they had 25 players available at multiple times throughout the year. Um, but the emergence of some of the young kids does tick it up a little bit. I expected high things of them last year. I'll expect high things of them again this year. So for me, it's a four. And if they don't make the eight again next year, it's definitely going to be a lower number. That's for sure. <laughs> what what one one plus rats out is it? Cat? <laughs> oh look, we won't call for that yet, but we will see what happens. Miller, give us yours, mate. Uh, look, I think I'll give the Saints. I'll give them a six, six out of ten. I think that, six out of ten. Look, they they had some work to do. Obviously, they didn't make the eight, but I think six that realistically, I didn't think they were going to make it again. I don't know personally. I didn't have them making a return. I had them in that um, sort of seven to. 12. 
10 mark, a bit like the Freo uh, discussion we had before. But look, 10 wins, 12 losses isn't ideal. The percentage wasn't the best. But again, equal with West Coast and Fremantle around them from uh, 9th to 11th wasn't where they wanted to be. They wanted to be in the eight, but I just realistically didn't think they would. I think, as you said, though, Kat, the score could be lower if they don't wake up because they've got a lot riding on next year. Mm. They've got the list now pretty much primed and ready. They've got a lot of players seasoned uh, with some salt and pepper ready to go into the fry. Um, so now they just need to find the right blend, and I think the midfield is where it's going to be down to. So I'll give them a six generously. All right. Jesus. It, that, that, was probably, that, that is one of the most generous uh, generous ratings it. I've ever seen come come from you, Alex Miller. Yeah, well, I'm a generous man sometimes. Very generous. I hope, hope, those, hope those Saints supporters put you on your uh, Christmas on the Christmas card list uh, this uh, this December. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think that's going to be all for our Saints season review, boys. We hope you enjoyed it, especially if you are a Saints supporter. Let us know if there's anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like to discuss, particularly around the draft. We will be getting to that very, very soon. Soon, so stay tuned for that. Is I'm expecting uh, is Doc bias um, and some and and for the Saints supporters to completely disregard everything I say, <laughs> um, which is fine. They're entitled to be they're they're entitled to their opinion of being wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. But uh, make sure you follow us across all our socials: A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at A3 Footy on Twitter. The email as well: A3 Footy at gmail.com, where you can let us know anything you want to hear us talk about, particularly in relation to the draft. It's very soon. We're very excited to crack into it. Um, with that said, we've got all our current season reviews up for you to listen to up to this point in the ladder. Next up, Eagles and Bombers. I'm very keen to talk about my mob and what went wrong and right throughout the year, and then we'll actually get into the teams that did something in September. So uh, with, with all that said, thank you for listening to the season review. I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and join us for the next ones. Eagles, Dons, they're going to be huge. Thanks for listening.